once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 299 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, December 19th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Winters. Howdy, folks. Guys, this is the last episode of 2016 and it's episode 299 you're so happy about this aren't you i'm so happy (laughs) it's almost like you're a producer and like maybe you planned for it to be 299 no i didn't and it worked out just so beautifully i could not have planned if i had tried to plan have planned it it would have completely have just gone awry this is my pie day Wouldn't it have been better if we'd ended on 300 and we could have started fresh with 301? No. No. No, No, that odd, that one odd number would have thrown me off. Oh, even thinking about it just makes me Hey, hey, Elijah, when did the 21st century begin? 2000 (gasps) or 2001? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When did that? When did that happen? When when was that? Uh-oh. I hate you. That's why you bring me back. It's that tension. You did totally. It's that friction. just ruined it. (laughs) All right, guys, let's just stop the show now because we're, we're going to have to wait till We're done. <laughs> Close her down. We're going to have to wait until next year to do episode 299. So there's that. Or no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. We, we have to squeeze in another one. No, no, no. <laughs> we all have to work on Christmas. Right? <laughs> Great. Tony just ruined Christmas. Tony just ruined Christmas. I am the Scrooge of priority one. That's what I do. Oh, man. So good to have you back, Tony. I know. I know. It's like he never left. Many people tell yeah. me this. I hear this from many people. Well, speaking of the celebrations, Kenna, we have some announcements. Yeah, that's right, Captains. It's been an amazing year. So here's what you can look forward to in the coming weeks. Next week, December 26th, you can expect our year-end blooper reel, which is a highlight of all the laughs we've shared with you throughout 2016 and all the times we've messed up. Then you won't hear from us again until Saturday, January 7th, when we record episode 300 live on Twitch while inside Earth Space Dock and Star Trek Online. That's right, Captains. Join us on Saturday, January 7th, beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for an eight-hour celebration of 300 episodes of Priority One Podcast. And 150 of Guard Frequency. It's all happening at the same time. It's all merging. That is true. That is true. We will have special guests, prizes, and definitely tons of laughs. So mark your calendars and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook for more information. All right, Tony, why don't we jump into this week's show? What do we have? Well, this week, Elijah finally gets to trek out the crossover he's been waiting for, and there is a ton of new casting news for Star Trek Discovery. In Star Trek Online news, we're wrapping up the year with executive producer Stephen Rocosa and meeting the new community manager, Mike Fadum. And finally, Jake and Cookie give us some last-minute gift advice in the final promenade of 2016. 
As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters who make the show possible from week to week. Now, with the holiday season coming up, have you considered treating yourself or your loved ones to some fabulous Priority One perks? When you help support our show by contributing through Patreon, you can earn goodies like access to the unedited live recording of each episode, exclusive desktop wallpapers, an invitation to watch Star Trek with us online, and more. All you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash priority one to learn more and add your support. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash priority one. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably already know that there are two sci-fi IPs that I am very passionate about. And not much time passes before I manage to mention that other one on this show. Well, my friends... I'm pleased to announce that Caltech, in collaboration with Sinistar and Trooper Productions, have crossed the sci-fi streams and combined the Matrix with Star Trek. (laughs) Well, sort of. In an outreach effort to educate people on the latest developments in physics and quantum concepts, Scientists and Hollywood are joining forces to produce short films like the latest one titled Quantum is Calling, featuring Keanu Reeves, Neo, Zoe Saldana, Uhura, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, Simon Pegg, Scotty, John Cho, Sulu, and one of the greatest minds of our generation, Dr. Stephen Hawking. The video features Zoe Saldana having to figure out a quantum riddle in order to save Simon Pegg's cat, Schrodinger. Get it? Schrodinger's cat? Quantum state? Cat is locked in a box? Until you open it, the cat is both dead and alive? Superposition? Get it? Got it? Good? No? Okay, that's alright. Anywho, it's a cheeky video and a great way to trigger curious minds to dig deeper into the latest research coming from places like Caltech. But seriously though, if my mentioning the Matrix on this show is a drinking game for some of you, does that mean everyone has to completely finish their drink now? (laughs) Hashtag drink responsibly. Wait, hang on just a second. Yeah, yeah, finish it though. Finish it because I'm, no, I'm not gonna. I'm <laughs> this not is the gonna. best. No, 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 no. Because this is, a, this is a sipping show. Yeah, and and not only that, yeah. not only that. Did they really cross the Matrix? Was this really a Matrix? Yeah, they reference? did. No, they totally actually. Did you not watch it, Tony? Tony I got to the part. He did not watch it. it. No, 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 it was... I got. I started watching it, and then I got to the part where Zoe, uh, where, where Zoe Saldana where we had was, to start was, the show. No, hold on. When she was free, when she was fangirling <laughs> about Stephen Hawking. And then, fortunately, I was interrupted by a phone call, and I never went back to it. Oh, no, because there's a whole bit where Keanu Reeves speaks to Zoe Saldana through the box, and it's it's Keanu Reeves. And then he's all, like, he gives you the whole the whole Morpheus spiel, like, what if I told you? you I'm sure Elijah could and, quote it. Right? And then, at the very end, he 
hacks Stephen Hawking's computer and it's nothing but matrix code and he goes uh, try control alt delete <laughs> like it's it's very silly it's very silly and it's, cheeky yeah it's silly but but I mean well it, they, it, they keep breaking all, the fourth wall as well so like right. Zoe Saldana is only looking after Simon Pegg's cat so she can get a bigger role in Star Trek 4 etc etc it's quite it's quite it's it's and, cheeky and John Cho has a has a cameo in it as well, and he's like, he's he does, he's he's reluctant to do whatever he wants to do, and Simon Pegg threatens to cut Sulu out of the whole <laughs> film entirely. So again, very very cheeky, very tongue in cheek. Uh, but again, for for me, I totally geeked out because, I mean, you have Keanu Reeves talking, mm -hmm. you know, quantum realms in Matrix style with the cast of the Kelvin Timeline Star Trek series, yeah. I I was beside myself. I didn't care <laughs> what the were. video was about. I, they could have been talking about cat litter for all I care. <laughs> it was just so awesome to see them all. One of my favorite, one of my favorite little things, and I don't know if you caught it, Kenna, was uh, a little like coat rack or key holder that said Simon's Simon's pegs. pegs. Yeah, yeah, Simon's pegs. Yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> Well, and the thing that I liked the best about it was that Zoe Saldana, like, as herself, was just, like, casually a genius. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, So, like, yeah. the, you know, it, it was Echo Papa Romeo, and then she was like, oh, the Einstein, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, what? So then she's talking about, like, her kids and how they're studying some obscure physics thing and, oh, well, brushing up on it. You know, it, I loved that bit that she was just casually really, really bright. So no, uh, it was good. No joke, though. I also really loved the fact that she went into full-on Latina oh, yeah. during during the yeah she did <laughs> she went into Spanish and she did not hold back and you know why I liked it because sometimes for some of for some Latino actors that don't look on they're not extreme on the spectrum right that they're not white white or dark dark you can you often kind of forget what the heritage is and I loved it when she just went into full-on Caribbean Latina like she just went into it I loved it I loved it so much I wonder why that is because I'm Cuban B oh you're Cuban <laughs> B that's right oh, I, yeah, remember I that forgot now. yeah several months ago we had reported that the CEO and president of the holding company National Amusements Subner Redstone and his daughter Sherry Redstone had expressed interest in recombining their two properties Viacom which includes Paramount Pictures and CBS the reason this was relevant is because the rights to Star Trek are currently split between Paramount and CBS. Paramount owning the major motion picture film rights and CBS owning the television and consumer product rights. Had Viacom and CBS merged, Star Trek would again be under one roof, intellectual property-wise speaking, and silly stipulations like a six-month grace period between a film and television series could be a thing of the past. Well, turns out the Redstones have backpedaled and will not be moving forward and pursuing the merger. Ultimately, that means that Star Trek remains split and the multiverse will likely continue to diverge, one on the Kelvin timeline and the other back in the Prime universe. Okay, so a, a few things here. First of all, I really don't understand how major corporations work because National Amusements technically owns Viacom and CBS, but Viacom and CBS are still separate companies. Therefore, the IP is held in two different locations, whatever. It makes my head kind of spin, uh, number one. Number two, um, the, the more I read into it, the, the curiouser I become of Les Moonves and the CBS execs 
who were very hesitant about this merger from the beginning. They did not want to take on Viacom's deficiencies and problems with both Paramount Pictures and television channels like MTV, Comedy Central, um, to name a few. Yet CBS is doing arguably really well on television with CBS and Showtime. Why wouldn't they want to bring on and take over something like MTV and Comedy Central? There's a really simple explanation. Money. Viacom, and this is the problem, is that the largest shareholder of both Viacom and CBS is National Amusements, but there are a bunch of minority stakeholders as well, any one of whom could trigger a lawsuit over improper valuation and accuse National Amusements, a.k.a. the Redstones, of improperly valuing the corporation just to get the merger done. So unless both sides agree on good valuations uh, for the for the merger, it's just not going to happen. And everybody knows that CBS is the, the the strong smart bunch, and everybody knows that the Viacom are the idiots. And so they know that Viacom is going to be in the weaker negotiating position. So unless they come through with a valuation that is probably more than maybe maybe what it deserves, the merger is never going to happen. And CBS is too smart to overpay for something, so their shareholders, their minority shareholders, would kick and fight um, any kind of forced move to put them back together again. You see, but in- interestingly enough, right, you have something like CBS All Access, which is trying to be pushed really hard, right, at, at $5 for commercials and then $10 without commercials. You know what, though? If, if CBS had agreed to the Viacom merger, right, and it would have included... If CBS would have created their own Hulu with Nickelodeon, with BET, with Comedy Central, with MTV, combining all of those into a Hulu-style streaming service, you know what? I may not be complaining as much about CBS All Access. Why? Because you want to watch You Can't Do That on Television reruns from Nickelodeon's back catalog? (laughs) You'd better believe it. yes. You'd better believe it. Well, part of the problem is that... uh, Viacom, as a separate corporate entity, has signed a bunch of other contracts with a bunch of other internet providers, you know, and there's all that web that they'd have, they'd have to untangle. You know, CBS being a little more tightly managed, and they already have Showtime underneath their umbrella, they, they've, they've, got, they've got their pile, and they're happy with the way it's set up. Having to integrate Viacom's mess into that is another management headache, which in CBS's mind would detract from the value of Viacom, hence why they'd be valuing the company lower than, you know, the Viacom shareholders would like. So it's it's all it's all about the, getting the numbers to work on paper so that one side doesn't get sued. The CBS minority shareholders don't uh, want to acquire Viacom at inflated figures because it looks like the Redstones are trying to mush it together, so they'd sue. On the other hand, if you value Viacom too lowly, the Viacom minority shareholders would sue for the same reason, saying you just wanted this to force together and you just, you know, shotgun wedding kind of a thing. So the Redstones are kind of between a rock and a hard place uh, on, on that. And it's, you know, I have very little sympathy, though, because they're super rich and they created this problem in the first <laughs> place. So, Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting that um, this has actually made it, you know, onto our program. I think it's indicative of the fact that Star Trek fans are like so desperate for the IP to be merged back together again that I mean you know rumors of mergers like this you know 
there was never any this merger is going to happen. It was always they were in talks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the fact that it's even on our radar just speaks to how desperate we are for the IP to come back together again. I've been talking about this if, on this show for a long time. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't come up very much, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, this is not this is not the first time we've talked about it, and it, it's been an ongoing saga. And mm-hmm. basically, when JJ walked to do uh, Star Wars instead yeah. of doing sticking around for Star Trek Three, what ended up being Star Trek Beyond. That's when a lot of the band-aids started coming off and things you started to kind of get a look at kind of the ugly underside of what exactly was going on with the IP split and yeah. and, and really demonstrating why it being separated like this makes it categorically weaker than, for instance, what Lucasfilm was able to do with Star Wars under Disney or Marvel's able to do with in cooperation with Disney or the Muppets are able to do with Disney or basically everything that was good and wonderful about my childhood is able to do with Disney. So, <laughs> you know, I'm drawing a parallel here. So, uh, yeah. yeah uh, so it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it, it somehow it needs to happen. Um, eventually it probably will. Maybe after, uh, Sumner Redstone goes to hang out with the great bird of the galaxy, uh, one of these days, uh, you know, maybe his, his daughter will be able to sort it out. But, but for now, just a mess ain't gonna get fixed well in the realm of science and tech two things have hit the news stream that are certainly inspired by star trek to start the qualcomm tricorder x prize a 10 million dollar competition that has been ongoing over the last four years is in its final round the final two teams are about to begin testing their diagnosis machines at the University of California in San Diego. The goal is to create a device no heavier than five pounds that can accurately diagnose 13 health conditions and real-time health vitals. We'll keep you posted on its developments. And in other news, it looks like we're another step closer to an actual dermal regenerator, as seen on Star Trek. The device from New York biotech firm Renovacare harvests a patient's stem cells from a small area of unwounded skin. The solution derived from the sample is then sprayed onto the wound and new skin begins to grow with little to no scarring. A link to the article will be in our show notes. However, be mindful that some of the images may be difficult to see as they are before and after images of burn victims. I was going to say, this is these are really, really cool and more examples of how the writers on Star Trek said, you know what would be awesome is if we could do this, and then 30 years later they go, yeah, we can probably do that. <laughs> yeah. How does that even work? It, it continually amazes me that some guy in, like, an art department, the, a, a prop guy, you know, right. together with the story writers, they made up this thing that they thought, well, that sounds sensible. <laughs> yeah, the writer goes, well, we stab him in scene one, but we need him back yeah. in uniform because he's got to kill the alien in scene seven. Uh, yeah. dermal regenerate. Good, good. Go with that. That's good. We'll wave that over his thing, and it'll be good. Okay, good. Write that in. Yeah, and, and then somebody goes, "Yeah, well, that does actually make sense." And we'll yeah. just go and make it. That would it. be nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it <laughs> so be they great? say necessity is the mother of invention, and also Star Trek and also is the Star mother Trek. of invention. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're starting to see more and more news trickle out from the Star Trek Discovery camp. This week, two major casting announcements were made. To start, three actors have been cast in the role of Klingons. Chris Obi, Shazad Latif, and Mary Chifo. According to Variety, quote, Obi will play Tukvma, a Klingon leader seeking to unite the Klingon houses. Latif will play Kol, commanding officer of the Klingons and protege of Tukvma. 
Chifo will play Lorel, the battle deck commander of the Klingon ship, end quote. After a quick IMDb lookup, it looks like Chris Obi is coming from Fuller's American Gods. Shazad Latif is coming from Showtime's Penny Dreadful, where he played Dr. Henry Jekyll. And Mary Chifo is a relatively unknown in the television and film industry, although, according to IMDb, she's six foot tall. So, tall lady Klingon. No word yet on whether the costumes will include a boob window. Ah, no word yet, yes. And, of course, the biggest news is that the female lead role has finally been cast. The Walking Dead actress, Sonequa Barton-Green, who plays Sasha Williams, will play the role of Lieutenant Commander Rainsford. According to Variety, she'll still be a series regular on The Walking Dead. To which I call BS, because (laughs) The Walking Dead films in Atlanta, Georgia, while Discovery will film in Toronto. So I hate to tell you, my fellow Walking Dead fans, but Sasha's next, man. The seals mm. after Sasha. It's yeah. just a matter of logistics. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. No, I agree with you on that because how can she possibly be a lead role in something that's supposed to debut in May, <laughs> um, uh, uh, and still have have a have a pretty uh, heavy role on a different show? Could it be right. that the next season is already filmed and they're just in post? No, no. So Walking no. Dead actually films over the summer. Uh, probably, yeah, sure. It takes a break, like at this point, but there's there's just no way. There's just no way. It's not going to happen. It she takes a break over the summer. The show should be in the can late spring, early summer. No, no. Walking Dead films in the summer. Right. M- Star Discovery Trek will, will premiere in May. Theoretically, principal photography should be mostly done by May. Yeah, right. Come on. For a whole season, principal photography? No way. Principal photography is, what, is going to be 13 hours of raw television, Right. They've got four months. No, yeah. I, uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. Regardless, I find it. I find it difficult to believe that she's going to be able to hold down main roles okay. in two different. Okay, we're writing shows this down. Time. Winters, okay. you keeping notes? You keeping notes? <laughs> yep. Okay, you got All it. Right. Okay, they say <sighs> Sasha's dead meat. Martin Green will lead the cast as Star Trek's first African American female lead, along with Anthony Rapp as Star Trek's first openly gay character. So, were we right on the whole ingenue thing? Does she count in that? Does she? Uh, no, 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 she doesn't count as an ingenue. So, uh, do you, any of you guys watch The Walking Dead? Uh, no, I'm okay. not like into zombies. All right. Well, so I'm the only one. Um, I have been watching it since day one. Now, I do not read the comics. Uh, I've been watching the show. So, comics are essentially irrelevant to to this discussion because we're talking about her as an actress and what she can potentially bring to the table to Star Trek Discovery. Um, In The Walking Dead over the last several seasons, I have felt that her character has been very much in the shadows of the other characters. She's not a Michonne. She's not as strong as a Michonne. Um, she wasn't as strong as her brother. She didn't carry the gravitas as, as, as the character who played her brother. Um, so, as, as she's a, she is strong-willed in The Walking Dead, right? She's not a weak character by any means. But she's not a Michonne, and she's not a Maggie. Maggie is another very strong character. A character that, that is almost the backbone of the, of the quote-unquote family. She has played it in the box of this character. She's played it well. She's played it very well. Even though that she is in this box of a character for The Walking Dead, there is potential. And I know, and I could see that as an actor, right? That, that she wants to just 
break out of this box of living in the shadow of these other characters. So I am actually very pleased that she has been cast as the female lead. Ingenue, out the window. That's for darn sure. Because even though the character of Sasha Williams is, is kind of living in the shadow of these other characters, Martin Green plays her phenomenally. She plays to what is given to her on the page and brings it to life with strength just as strongly as any other character on The Walking Dead. So what if they give her the ingenue role and tell her there, over the course I, of the season you're going to be, like, you know, tested and whatnot and we're going to make you grow? What if that happens? I, no, I, I don't think that she's going to walk in as an ingenue. I think it's going to be walking in as maybe, maybe wet behind the ears, yeah. badass, yeah. And then have to grow kind of like a Kirk, kind of that's like not, the, it's like not the gonna Kelvin last, timeline Kirk. It's not going to last long if they right. do that. Because you can't have a weak lead character in Star Trek. It just, people wouldn't watch it. So I'm, I'm pleased with the announcement. I think that mm. Martin Green is going to deliver what Brian Fuller was describing as he was teasing the character to all of us when he was still you know, promoting the show in its, in its conceptual phase. I think that she can bring that gravitas okay. that Angela Bassett would have brought. Let yeah. me circle it back then. And so what's the difference between Angela Bassett and Martin Green? Age. Well, and, and I and I don't know yeah, enough about age. the two act, you know, the two actresses. But th yeah, you're you're looking at a a, a strong, I don't know, brave, um, bold and, sure. female. Angela character, Bassett would have played a great captain, yeah. not exactly. a lieutenant not a, commander. Not a lieutenant. Yeah. Right. You would never have believed that she could start off as say an ingenue, and then grow. When Weak, I think ingenue, kind of, I think. Kess, in a sense, if we were to compare it to yeah. Star Trek, they're going to start her out as a Kess. I think Kess. Yeah, no way, man. Yeah. No way. They can't afford it. They can't yeah, they afford can. it. No, no existing television right now has the ingenue. It's just not going to fly. It's not going to yeah. fly in today's television. You not it will for not the first ingenue like Kess, and not ingenue like like Counselor Troy. If she doesn't stick. If they mm -hmm. show if they show an arc, it'll work. I, and I really do think I smell yeah, but it's this. Gonna, yeah. It's going to be but like a not, half an episode arc. Nah, and great. again, and not uh, yeah. ingenue in it's the, the first classical, act of the season. But again, not ingenue in the classical literary playwriting sense. Mm. It's up on my talking, Wikipedia right here. Me? Beautiful, me? gentle, kind, that. sweet, virginal, nope. often nope. naive, and We're mental or emotional danger. Yeah, no. Here's the thing, though. To be fair, you would not believe that of anybody who who'd gone through Starfleet Academy, graduated, and made it to the rank of lieutenant is just not going to be that no, naive. And well, all to of counter that. that, Kenna, in in like Deep Space Nine, in the Next Generation, in the way that those that that television was created, mm. I would have believed it and I would have accepted it. Yeah, maybe. Now, in today's television, after after experiencing something like a Battlestar Galactica, well, who was an ingenue in Battlestar Galactica, Tony? Who was an ingenue? Uh, the uh, mechanic. The uh, the mechanic that ended up marrying Tyrrell. Oh my God! First what? of all, Did I don't she... even remember. You know how obscure that is. You know. Yeah, how I don't even remember her name. That character exactly. She ended, she was exactly. in all four seasons though. <laughs> no, she no, was. No, uh, no, man, come on, bro. Carrie. She wasn't even. What's Carrie? That? Yeah, she. Yeah. Carrie. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't. She. You can't even. You can't. E Beautiful, kind, gentle, supporting. sweet, often naive, and often in danger. Hello. Yeah. But, she, but no, but she was not a major character, though. She did not move the story forward. I yeah. know, but that's why I'm saying that for this one in Act One, they wanted Angela Bassett, right? Or that was the, that was the that was what they're tossing out there. Angela. No, Bassett, right? it was it, that was no. Angela Bassett was a was a like. 
That was like yeah. a Twitter campaign. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Twitter campaign. I know, but that's you the... Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hang on. I, that was the name that was tossed out there, right? And then what do we actually get for the casting? A 20 or 30 year younger version of Angela Bassett, who Elijah's already said, she's got presence on screen, she can take something off the page and make it happen, she can drive a story. She's a slightly younger version of Angela Bassett. And so yeah. the only and the only reason you wouldn't go get another, you know, someone more like Angela Bassett, again, the role was written for a younger, less experienced officer. Yeah. So what we're going to see is some sort of growth story. Yes, and so what but we're I don't think you're not going to start off naive and all it's, that. Maybe a little it, bit, and it might keep in track. Scorecard. And it'll be if it and if they do start off that way, it's going to be by the end of the first episode, it's going to nah, be three. a big smack of reality. I think it's like the first act. I think she's going to be she's going to be in over her head in the first act. And then the middle of the season, I think I think it'll it'll last longer than one episode because yeah, but it's not going to be an in over her head and somebody has to swoop in and save her. I think it's going to be no, it'll a, probably get dropped. I'm in on over her head. my head. I'm gonna I'm in over my head and watch me claw the f- out of this. Yeah, and that would you know be a what? good story. No, you know what? No. no, but you know what? Keep that in there and keep it in there and bleep it because that's really what what it deserves is yeah. that she is yeah. not going to be. A what was me, Anjanou? She is going to be a strong character. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and it would be excellent it, it, TV. Not, not the core def, not the traditional definition of Anjanou. And not, actually, first of all, you cannot use the word Anjanou to describe a character that way. You can't. You just can't describe even whatever Wikipedia is telling you. Sure, that that fits what Kira was or whatever her name was in Battlestar Galactica. But again, how did she drive the story forward? Except put a little bit of drama in there for. Uh, for what's-his-face. Well, anyway, Winters is going to keep track for us. Kenneth thinks it'll be like less an episode. I say they'll stretch it out for three or four, and that's when uh, they'll. That's when the, the claws will come out, as, uh, as Elijah's been saying, and she starts hauling mm-hmm. herself out of the situation. That's a season of TV Ed Watch. Well, we go now into the new year, hoping to receive some more news, but we'll have to wait until January 7th to cover it. In the meantime, let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome again to Stowe News, where in a few minutes we've got an interview with executive producer Stephen Ricosa and the new community manager Mike Fatum. But first, let's catch up on the big news of the week in Star Trek Online. Fifteen new sectors have unceremoniously appeared on the Alpha Quadrant map on the Tribble Test server this week, signaling an expansion to that quadrant at some point in the near future. As of this recording, the last of 2016. The new sectors are not actually accessible, and the map artwork is a dummy. According to developer Taco Fangs on the forums, it's quote, a super quick placeholder overhead map until we get UI time, end quote. So, considering that the user interface UI isn't finished and the sectors aren't accessible, it might be a while before we actually see the new sectors hitting the live holodeck server. I've been on Tribble and actually uh, checked this out. What they've done is they got the top left hand sector and they just copied it. Yeah. So I think that's actually the brain sector where 20 Draconis is, the new fleet holding, just took that sector or that sector block and just copied it all the way over. Yeah. But the locations seem to be 
place in the right places where they're meant to be. Mm. You just can't access them yet. What do we think that this means for Star Trek Online? It means that at some point in the new year, they're going to expand into another 15 sector blocks. Yeah, this has been coming for a long time. Mm -hmm. New locations, new storylines. Once upon a time, the idea was that they were going to tag a bunch of these for foundry missions, right? You know, if you want to explore strange new worlds and they were going to find better ways you could hook your foundry missions into these unexplored sectors. I don't know if that's still the plan, but it could be. But uh, it's but it's it's out there now, so those uh, whatever plans they have are coming near fruition. Might be closer than we think, because I think the UI is sort of the last thing they do once they figure out what all is going to go there, mm-hmm. what the, where the stars are physically going to be located in the game assets. So the UI, I think, is like the last thing on the list. So they may have a lot of stuff built, but just not be ready to display it. But this is not a quote-unquote exploration map, right? Like, it's not like they're opening up these... We're thinking about a new expansion is pretty much what we're thinking. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think it's as significant as that. It's just there's going to be some new story content that takes place in these new sector blocks. They needed to have some new places for us to go that weren't in the existing maps. And I think that's what it is. That's what it comes across as to me anyway. Yeah. And, you know, all of these locations, a lot of them are significant from the original series, which makes sense since we're in Agents of Yesterday and we're going to be getting more storylines, you know, over the next year or something that are going to be tying in with the 23rd century stuff, the Agents of Yesterday stuff. So it makes sense that some of these places are added in. For example, user Sumtakhar in the official Star Trek Online forums pointed out some of these significant historical places. Historical meaning future tense, 23rd century, time work. Future, history. Okay, my my head hurts. Um, anyway, for example, Antos, home to the natives of Antos IV, who famously healed Garth of Izar after he was nearly killed. He repaid them by later attempting to destroy the Antos race, but fortunately, instead, his crew mutinied, and he was afterwards imprisoned in a mental institution. So that ended well. Delta, home to the Deltan species, who appear several times in the Star Trek films, including Star Trek The Motion Picture, Star Trek II The Search for Spock, and Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Izar, a Federation colony world, which was home to Garth of Izar, as you might suppose. Asarius, presumably, is the homeworld of the first Federation species, Baylock of the Orange Juice fame. You'll remember him from the TOS episode Corbomite Maneuver. <laughs> he claims to helm the Fasarius, the flagship of their fleet. And, of course, Draconis is a system where Starbase K-13 reappeared after being temporarily displaced from the 23rd century, as we discovered in the Star Trek Online episode Echoes of Light. It's also home to a species that was wiped out by the Zenkethi. Details are, of course, sketchy, considering that at the moment it's just a map artwork change on the test server, but it's enough to give us some hints about what we might see in terms of story content early next year. So I didn't read the original post where this came from, but did a little memory alpha Googling, and mm-hmm. Berengarius, or the Berengarius sector, apparently Spock once saw a dragon there. So okay. dragons in Star Trek Online. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Yay! You heard it here first. And then there's like an ultimate crossover between Neverwinter and Star Trek Online. I can see it. There it is. We already did the Matrix crossover with Star Trek. Mm. And in the comics, they've crossed over Doctor Who and Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. Star Trek Online, D&D, Star Trek crossover, Dragons and the Berengaria Sector. You heard it here first. Something else that has actually hit the Tribble test server as well is it appears that there is a new R&D crafting school available for kits. Now... What they've actually done is they've placed this new R&D crafting school into the projectiles crafting school. So it seems that we will be getting a brand new crafting school in the not-too-distant future to finally craft kits. 
I wonder if they're going to use this opportunity to expand upon it further to finally allow us to craft the mods that we want on our crafted gear. Well, in other gaming news, here's a tidbit that will interest any of you out there who like to broadcast as you're playing Star Trek Online, or Neverwinter, the newly released Gigantic, or any of the other ARC games. ARC streaming has just gone live, which allows you to stream directly to Twitch from any Perfect World game launched through the ARC client. All you have to do is pop in your Twitch stream key, your stream name, and set a hotkey, and you should be able to stream straight away. Now, this feature is still in beta, which means that there is, of course, the risk that it won't go perfectly smoothly, so I would not uninstall XSplit just yet, but it looks like this could be a great way to broadcast your games more easily in the future. Of course, it's to Perfect World's advantage to implement a feature like this. The more people broadcast their games, the more people they get viewing their games being played. It's a win-win. So that brings us to this week's community question. Have you tried streaming your games using the ARC client? Let us know how you get on. You can reply to our posts on Facebook or Twitter, or drop us a line at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And of course, you can reply to this episode's post on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO299. Now, here's the thing about XSplit that I'm sure the ARC client doesn't do, which is allow you to... Well, I don't know. Maybe it does, and I'm... I'm speaking out of turn here. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about XSplit is that on the corner, we can have a Google Hangouts of all of us playing together. Yep. You know, you're only seeing my gaming perspective, but it's all of our faces, right? We used to do that. Kuki and I used to do it with Jace. Kenna, we did it like once. Yeah, we did it a couple times. Yeah. We're bringing it back, baby. Uh, that's right. And we're going to do it again for episode 300 on January 7th. So. That is right. You're going to want to follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one because we're going to be going live on January 7th to celebrate and record the 300th episode of Priority One. Yep. But to what I was saying is that does the art client allow you to add in a second layer? of a webcam, for instance, of your face playing the game. No, it doesn't look like that. It looks like what it's set up for is for the one client to stream. Looks like you can have a microphone input on top of that. So basically you can talk over your game as you're playing, but it doesn't from, I mean, I've just literally just poked around in it a little bit and I haven't actually streamed anything. It doesn't look like it can take any other inputs, which is what something like XSplit or OBS will do. Right. You can pull inputs from as many webcams or artwork or anything else that you want on those programs. The ARC client streaming feature looks like it'll just be pretty basic, your game, your voice. But if you're just starting out, or if that's really all you want people to see slash hear, that's going to be good. It rivals, for instance, if you play on the Xbox, like the Twitch app on the Xbox, unless you have a Connect, that just is your game and your voice. Likewise, the Xbox app on Windows 10 does the same thing. It's not an uncommon thing to do, and it just will make it easier for people who maybe aren't streamers yet to kind of try it out. And one final story this week. In case you like to keep up with the dev alumni from Cryptic Studios, you'll be interested to know that three former Star Trek Online developers have gone on to form their own game studio. Previous COO Craig Zinkovic and Star Trek Online's first executive producer has teamed up with programmer Shannon Posniewski and artist Matt Hyacin to form Cold Iron Studios. For more information about the new studio and their next project, visit coldironstudios.com. 
And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. Starting with the PC, there's currently an R&D pack promo on now through the 5th of January. Buying an R&D pack through the C-Store gets you a chance to win an Infinity Prize pack containing your choice of some awesome Tier 6 ships. The Fleet Starbase K-13 Special Unlock Project Past Blasts is also in its second and final week. Completing this project for your fleet will let you display vintage weapons in your K-13 retrofit engineering facility. Console players also get an R&D pack promotion through the 5th of January. Buying an R&D pack through the console C-Store will get you a chance to win a Tier 6 Gemmadar Strike Ship. We're also in the middle of a bonus XP month for console. That ends on the 10th of January, and between now and then, you'll earn a whopping double XP for anything that awards you expertise or skill points in-game. And finally, there's a special fleet holding project as well. Now, through the 29th of December, completing the special project, Let in the Starlight, in your fleet's Dilithium mine, will remove the blast shutters and let you see into space. The final frontier. I just had a thought. They're having a double XP event for an entire month on console. Yep. The last time that they'd done this on PC, Mm -hmm. it was just before the release of an expansion. Yep. So I'm wondering, is Agents of Yesterday going to launch at the end of this XP month Yep. for console? Absolutely. They've told us it's a three-month delay between PC and console. We've gone past the three months between when Agents of Yesterday launched on PC, and we haven't seen it on console. It's coming, like, now. They're not going to do it over the holidays, but my prediction is basically when this double XP ends they'll launch Agents of Yesterday on console. As always, events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep your eye on the in-game calendars or listen in here at Priority One for more news and updates for Star Trek Online. Now let's chat with executive producer Steven Rakosa and new community manager Mike Fatum from Cryptic Studios. Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha One Alpha. Logs accessed. Well, Captains, we are really pleased to have with us two people from Cryptic Studios today. So we've got Mike Fatum, the new community manager, and executive producer Steve Ricosa. So Mike, Steve, welcome. Thanks very much for having us. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, um, I do really appreciate you guys both joining us today. It's uh, We kind of like to do this as a end-of-year wrap-up, etc. But then also, it's a really good opportunity for us to talk to Mike, our new community manager, taking <laughs> over from Laughing Trendy. So, Mike, can we actually start with you, please? Can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, maybe say a little bit about where you have come from before this, and how long have you been with the company? Sure. Um, how long I've been with the company, I think, is just about a month at this point. Um, <laughs> so I'm very I'm fairly new. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, I came from a background in uh, uh, running a lot of uh, fan communities and fan websites. I did that for about five years. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was also a professional video editor for a little while there. Um, And mostly my background is that just that I've been a giant Trekkie and giant nerd my entire life. So that feels like that's slotted in very well. (laughs) I'm trying to think of some type of obscure trivia question to ask you to see, yeah, to, to determine... Let, let, me, let me be honest here. My Trek cred is great, but it is not obscure episodes of TOS great. Um, I, uh, my, my wife is the real Trekkie. Uh, she, she got me into it when we met like 11 and 10 years ago. So I have been learning as quickly as I can. <laughs> All right. So what's, uh, what's your favorite series? And in turn, 
Who is your favorite first officer? Oh, first officer. Oh, I like that. That's way better than the captain question. Um, so my favorite series is TNG. Uh, yeah. I know, that's, I know that's a safe answer. but Excellent I, I judgment. Excellent um, judgment. Favorite first officer. Hmm. I mean, obviously, since I just said TNG, Riker is the safe answer, but I think I want to say Kira, actually, hmm. because it, I... I really liked how she handled herself on Deep Space Nine, um, and I don't really like Chakotay that much. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kira. Fair enough. I'm sure those Deep Space Nine fans are, are thrilled. <laughs> it was a near thing. We um, we almost didn't hire him because he wasn't a Niner. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that did come up in the interview it too. Did didn't come it? Up <laughs> And a follow-on question to that, which Winters is very interested in. Which is a better Star Trek film, Star Trek II, Ooh. The Wrath of Khan, or Star Trek First Contact? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, why would you do that to me? Oh, that is a cruel, cruel question. It's okay. not cruel. It's easy. It's easy to answer. <laughs> I, I, I will... Wrath of Khan is objectively probably the best Star Trek movie. <sighs> that is the correct answer. But... <laughs> first Contact was the first good Star Trek movie I saw in theaters as a kid, and it will always hold a place in my heart as, man, that was what a good Star Trek movie could be. And then later on in life, I saw Wrath of Khan, obviously. But. Right. I, uh, okay. I, I started with TNG as a kid, and then went back and watched TOS, so I'm going to have to go against the grain. First Contact for me is the, is oh, the no. superior movie. Yes. Okay, you've made Winters very Good happy answer. there. <laughs> I like Mike's answer. It was very diplomatic. I'm used to that sort of thing. This is Star yeah, Trek. So... We have to take sides. Yeah, we would. Okay, well, someday I'll unleash my Deep Space Nine opinions on the internet, but yeah. today is not that today day. Is not that day. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, be careful. I'm sure that there will be plenty of people who are um, willing to correct and or support you. I can't wait you for to, to find that. that on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So in terms of your position now as community manager for Star Trek Online, one of the differences that I noticed, because it was it was a publicly posted you know job listing on, on Cryptic's website, was that in fact it was at Cryptic Studios and not necessarily directly with PWE. So how how does that how do you expect that to change the dynamic, Steve, for 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 Mike's role as community manager? Uh, I think it'll just help with uh, general knowledge of what the team is working on. Um, he's here. He's sitting on the floor. He's he's sitting in an office right now with our effects artist, um, and he's kind of privy to what we're talking about. You can hear kind of the buzz on the floor. You can you know check out what's working or what's going on with the team. And so he kind of has a little uh, deeper understanding of what we're up to just because he's here with us. And mm-hmm. so that would that generally could mean a quicker turnaround for issues that come up on the boards or on Twitter, um, and as well as uh, a little more uh, direct contact with the uh, development team when he's talking with uh, the community. Yeah, there's already been a few times where I have been able to get a question answered just by standing up and walking to somebody's desk as opposed to having to send an email and wait for somebody to read it, which I think is, you know, a really nice thing. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Now, there was a whole bunch of initiatives that uh, Laughing Trendy started, obviously, before you came. Things like the Bug Hunters, the, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the the media posts on on the forums, etc. Do you intend to continue those things, or will we see many changes? Or also, is there anything new that you would like to do with the community? Uh, so everything that Trendy did that you liked, I'm going to keep doing. And uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of that stuff, um, I'm still getting my feet under me, so I don't know a lot of the specifics on all of it yet. Um, but a lot of the stuff, like you mentioned, like the media posts and the Bug Hunter th- initiative, all of that is definitely going to keep continuing. Um, okay. uh, we've talked about uh, the thing that she was doing where uh, 
uh, if you sent in a picture of yourself at a convention, um, we could uh, talk about getting a prize from that convention if you didn't get it while you were there. Yeah. Uh, so all of that is uh, definitely keeping up. There's definitely some new stuff I want to start doing too. Um, I think some of it I, I don't want to mention on the air just yet because we haven't figured out the final details, but mm -hmm. um, things like uh, the Fleet Photo Contest that we started this week is running until next Monday. We just extended it today. Um, where fans can uh, take a photo with their fleet in one of our fleet action queues and win uh, 50k fleet dilithium for uh, taking mm -hmm. the best picture. Um, a lot of stuff like that is going to keep going. I, what I really want to do is give the community more opportunities to tell their, their stories of Star Trek Online, because I think it's really cool how everybody has a different captain, everybody has a different story, different fleets, different, you know, and I want to give people the opportunity to share that with the world, whether it's through screenshots, videos, fiction. Um, so that's going to be a big initiative and a big push for me. Mm. Okay. Awesome. So, Steve, 2016 has been a pretty big year, not just for Star Trek in general, but specifically for Star Trek Online. I just saw you in October here in uh, New York City for the um, Star Trek Mission New York. Can you give us a bit of a recap for what this year has been like for you and for Star Trek Online? Uh, it has been crazy. Let me, let me tell you something. I do not recommend launching an expansion and a console version of your game within three months of each other. <laughs> uh, that, was, uh, that was an exciting time. Uh, we've been working on you know, the console revamp probably since late 2015, you know, fall 2015. And uh, that kind of coincided right with the beginning uh, of development, beginning middle development of the expansion. So those are both going on at the same time. Um, and so managing those both as well as the live game and making sure, you know, everything hit that was supposed to hit was quite a chore. But uh, it was it was definitely satisfying work because we could see that we were making progress and getting things done. And we're very happy with the expansion, very happy with how the console uh, game came out and, and how the releases went. So, yeah, definitely a pretty big year full of uh, some major some major releases for us. And then on top of that, a lot of traveling, too. You did several conventions uh, yes, globally, yeah. right? I haven't traveled this much since uh, since launch. Uh, since actual launch of the game when I was just a little uh, level one assistant producer. Uh, so it was it was pretty exciting for me. Okay, now you mentioned that you launched both Agents of Yesterday and the console version of the game. Um, and of course, both of those required a significant investment into the game. Now we're a couple months, you know, down the line from them. Are you seeing the kind of returns that you were expecting to see when you launched both of those? Uh, yeah, we can just hit them in order. Agents uh, did very well. We have obviously two expansions to uh, compare them with, so we kind mm -hmm. of know what our expansions do and this one did very well for us it was exciting to see you know it's a it was another uh, expansion they introduced a new uh, a new player experience similar to legacy and the feedback was great and uh, the number of players playing and and all of the uh, all of the metrics and the numbers that people like to complain that we look at all uh, <laughs> all, all looked good so it was uh, it was a solid expansion that compared very favorably to the two before it so that good. was exciting uh, and console as well you know console you know new people new new revenue uh, new new players mm -hmm. and so that's actually going very well for us as well and it's nice to see uh, the feedback as we're getting um, a lot of the larger features now into into console, right? We had that update fleets that got pretty much a ton of the cool stuff into STO, DOFs and, uh, and Admiralty and fleet progression, you know, so that was, uh, that was a pretty exciting update and we've got more planned to kind of get the console game caught up to where PC is at. 
in, in, in you know, reasonable, reasonably uh, quick order. And are you able to tell us when Agents of Yesterday will come to console? Soon, with the trademark symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be your answer, but I had to ask the question, so, yep. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We do have a plan in place, though, for it, so it's it, it'll be exciting. Okay, probably not before Christmas, I'm going to guess. I would probably guess not before Christmas. I'd be willing to commit to that. Okay. Not that like, soon, TM. <laughs> okay. So, Stephen, when we were at Star Trek Mission New York, you had made the grand announcement that players would soon be able to 3D print their ships with a collaboration uh, with a 3D printing company that you guys had had. But it turns out that we had just caught that forum post that you made that that may not be happening uh, as soon as you guys had hoped. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. We uh, were talking with uh, Euclid last week and they let us know that uh, you know they wouldn't be doing 3D printing anymore. And so uh, we were talking about it and since we don't have a physical manufacturer, um, we obviously can't 3D print the ships ourselves. So um, we're kind of back to uh, where we were, where this is something we definitely want to do. It's something we've wanted to do to, uh, since launch. Um, and it's something we're definitely going to keep our eye out for so we can hopefully find, you know, at some point another another partner to work with. Uh, but at this point, yeah, it's, it's over for now, which is super unfortunate. It is, it is, it is. Because those were beautiful ships and it was an amazing announcement. They are, mm-hmm. they are. You know, I, a lot of people perhaps didn't get a chance to see them, you know, in person. Uh, I know a lot of players were excited about it, but hopefully, hopefully, you guys can find a manufacturer and, and somebody who can uh, can pick up where the previous company uh, left off. Yeah, that would be that would be great because uh, I said it in the forum post. You know, we're we're as disappointed as you guys because everyone had their ships lined up and yeah. we were ready. Oh, these are all the ones we want. Oh, boy, poor poor Thomas Maroney. He was yeah. he was ready to he was ready to spend half his paycheck on on ships. Only so. half. Yeah. Only half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day. So yeah, we've we've had a pretty big 2016 so far. Looking forward now into 2017, can you give us a feel for what the next six months to a year are going to look like for Star Trek Online? Are we getting any new uh, systems? Um, what kind of storylines can we expect to see? Yeah, just an idea of where we're going. So uh, yeah, I've got a full plan for all of 2017 and probably through the middle of 2018 for all of our seasons and releases and cool things we're going to be doing. Uh, I definitely won't be getting into details on any of that in here. But, uh, you know, the the winter event right now is going. And then, of course, the seventh anniversary will be coming soon, right, The uh, in, in its normal place. And you'll get the episode that continues the storyline that uh, that dropped uh, with Artifacts, where you kind of got a, um, a hint at uh, at what's coming, right, a little bit of mystery in there. Uh, we were really happy with that episode, actually, kind of, we tried to really make it feel like a TNG episode. You know, you had the, the big jellyfish and some discovery and a little bit of pew pew, but a lot of kind of going around and, and solving a mystery. And then you get the big uh, the big teaser at the end when you find the, the dead planet and, you know, you do some scanning and, hey, we're detecting Zinkethi signatures. What's up with that? So you can definitely expect that story to uh, to continue. And it's a it's a very cool one, and it's leading to an also very cool place. Like I said, leading up to agents, uh, we plan our stories well in advance, and we plant seeds that you might not see the fruit from for a year. And uh, believe me, we are doing that now. You're seeing something, you'll say, "Oh my goodness!" Like a year from now. So that's what we like about planning our stories in advance. But yeah, we're we're looking at you know updating systems and some new systems and and new styles of gameplay. A ton of updates. So. Uh, definitely stay tuned. We've got uh, we've got a pretty awesome 2017 planned. 
So we're moving into uh, a few community questions. You know, of course, you can't go into too much detail, but this year, this past year, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the original series. And with that, uh, you guys celebrated it with Agents of Yesterday, um, bringing in some amazing voice talent and telling some amazing stories in that century. Uh, This year is the 30th anniversary of The Next Generation. Do you think that uh, we might see some some next-gen love? You uh, very well may. We're certainly aware of that as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you might see some uh, a little bit of TNG love uh, throughout this year in a couple of different ways just to commemorate uh, such an event. That excites me greatly. Yes, yeah, it's, it's oh, quite cool. <laughs> Could it be Scants? Maybe? You know, Maybe. Know. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. We've been waiting for Scants for years, haven't we? I know you have. I've been wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, my God. I smell a new lockbox. <laughs> the scant box, yeah. <laughs> new scant box. Now, you talked about TNG. I'm going to bring you back off TNG for a minute. But um, one question that we get asked a lot is about the revamp of DS9. So I, I think we were talking about a DS9 revamp sometime last year. Is that still something that's on the cards? Is there any you know movement on it? When could we expect it? I don't know when you could expect it, but it's definitely something that we talk about and we consider on the uh, on the environment side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something we want to get to. As I said, DS9 is my favorite, so it's something we definitely want to continue with. Uh, Nick made some some good progress on that uh, tumor boy, and so we want to uh, we definitely want to get that finished up. But it's not something that's being worked on actively at the moment. It is not being actively worked on, but uh, trust me, it is no mean feat to just kind of bust out Deep Space Nine with uh, full <laughs> IP accuracy. Right. So Can't you just get like a like I don't know a little paint pot or something? It, it should be that simple. It should be that simple. One day. One day. So talking a little bit about the calendar year and a number of the events that Our Vera has kind of called tentpole events, such as the Mirror Universe, Crystalline Entity, etc. These were all space events. Is there any consideration for doing some ground? I wonder if you have a leak. I wonder if we have a leak internally because, yes, we do have intention of doing something for ground. Um, We we recently pulled together an event – um, that the team's going to actually play test tomorrow all together. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking about releasing it in early next year as a weekend event. And if everyone likes it as much as we like it, um, it might jump in there as a three-week event. And we really like it. We really like it. So <laughs> I, think, I think the community will really like it as well. Yeah. But uh, I want to give it a test run before we uh, put it up there for three weeks. But it's it's really cool. Yeah. It's re- And there's still a bunch of dev stuff in there that's like, you know, they're still working on the art, getting all the effects in. But it still, boy, it still looks and plays yeah, super Yeah, I great. saw it in a very, very early version the other day. I was really impressed. Yeah. So Thursday, we get the whole team in there. We can get feedback from everybody. But, yeah. Yeah, all the leads and the guys who are working on it are absolutely loving it. So I want to turn back a second and talk about community, particularly your presence at conventions, right? I mean, this year was was amazing. I mean, Mission New York, you guys had some amazing technology there to be able to demo the, the console version of the game. You know, things that we hadn't seen before in previous years. Are you hoping to do this again and, and visit as many conventions as possible, at least Vegas again, perhaps Mission New York if it rolls around? And if so, will the presence be just as strong? We'll, uh, well, we'll definitely be hitting Vegas, right? That's kind of our, our time to, for everyone to kind of meet the devs, and it's reasonably close to, uh, to Los Gatos, so it's not that bad. But um, we always investigate to see if there's conventions that we uh, should, should have a presence at. But this year was a special year, right? It was the 50th anniversary. We had our console launch coming. We had an expansion coming. Um, it doesn't get much heavier than that. But, yeah, where it makes sense, we'll definitely do it. But you can expect us uh, at STLV. And uh, we always uh, try to get uh, a demo build or something together. So that's something that we're, uh, we're going to try and pull together for, for next year. 
next year as well. Now, let me ask you, when attending these these conventions, particularly this year, where there were so many happening, and then also so many more people coming out to celebrate the 50th, what did you notice about the crowds that, that came? Did you know, was, there, was it a lot of, oh, I didn't play this game because it was on PC and now I can play it on console? Did people, did you find that people just hadn't heard about Star Trek Online and now were excited about it? What, what was that kind of... What was that atmosphere we, like? We had a huge mix. Um, a lot of people saw it on consoles, you know, on the floor at, at uh, STMNY and thought it was a new game, right? We did all the lighting updates. We're like, oh, what game is this? I'm like, this is Star Trek Online. I'm like, oh, I thought that already came out. I'm like, it did already come out. It's coming out again. <laughs> there were some people who, you know, didn't have PCs that could that they felt comfortable running it on. So, But they had a PS4. They had an Xbox One. So they were looking forward to getting back into it. Um, there were people who, you know, came to the convention, you know, that brought their kids who were Star Trek fans who never saw the game, who might have been, you know, just three or four years old when that when Star Trek Online came out, but now they're, you know, 12, 13, and they're uh, excited to get in there and, and check it out. So, um, yeah, it was across the board. And, of course, you always find new fans. Um, Star Trek, as a franchise, runs the gamut. You know, you get young fans. You get fans that were there for, the, uh, for TOS. And so you get people that, you know, maybe don't pay attention to media or aren't online all the time. So they don't see the game. And so we're always introducing the game to new people when we go to conventions. And it's they always like to hear that they're going to be able to play with their favorite actors, you know, their favorite voice actors, um, and we've got a great storyline. So it's um, it's definitely fun going to conventions and bringing this game to uh, new audiences. So, Mike, are you going to try to make it to Vegas this year? What do you think? Uh, that's entirely up to Steve, but I, I hope no. That. Everyone, oh. everyone's welcome. To oh, Vegas. everyone's welcome. Everyone's to welcome. Absolutely. Yeah, we um. had uh, we had I think we had over a do- <laughs> we had over a dozen people there last year. So then, yeah, yes, I will. I will. Be there. Um, I actually, the last time I went to uh, STLV was um, the year before they closed the Star Trek experience, um, which was just a a morose year. So I would like to go back to a party year. <laughs> do you have you been to local conventions? Do you try to to do that? Me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I go to a lot of conventions in this area, but not in an official capacity as a yeah, Star Trek yeah. Online sure. community manager. Um, but I, yeah, you you will find me at pretty much every convention that there is in the area. Nice. So you're no noob to the convention no. scene. <laughs> no, sir, I am not. Comic Con, <laughs> PAX, local role playing conventions where I LARP with six or seven people. I've done it all, pretty much all of it. <laughs> nice. Very good. Fantastic. Well, that pretty much does it for our questions. But we always like to throw it open to you guys to see if we've missed anything you wanted to talk about, or if you have any questions for us. I'm curious what you guys think of the uh, of the ice fishing. <laughs> I love the ice fishing. I haven't got one of those really big ones that like eats you, <laughs> and oh, I you really want. I, I know I haven't managed to get one of those yet. It's oh, really man, upsetting. I've gotten like three. I feel bad. <laughs> no, I get the tiny ones every time. I get the little <laughs> tiny ones, and it, was, it really upsets me. It was funny because that that game started off as like real ice fishing with like a hole and a stick and a line right. that goes in the water and then our lead animator uh pulled together a quick proposal on what klingon fishing would be like and uh and we're like that is amazing and we immediately pivoted and worked towards that uh it was it was super cool so i was glad i'm glad the community liked it because it really grew from um kind of internal innovation on the team on things mm. that, that people wanted to do so that was that was a cool event for us to make my very first day on the job the first thing i saw that was coming down the pipe was ice fishing and the christmas sweaters and i was just like this <laughs> is the greatest thing this is, yeah it's they're both brilliantly strange um but it's what it's what you need that's why q's winter wonderland is so fantastic because it is weird yeah yeah definitely all is. of it's totally weird but <laughs> totally works as well yeah so yeah we love it any other questions for us 
Last time, I think it was last year, you guys asked us questions about brownies. That, yeah, that's my classic one. Can- candy. It? Yeah, no, that's that's the classic one. The, you know, the, go- the gooey brownie or the place. chewy brownie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, those are the that's the exciting the exciting questions on the edge of your seats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a diet. I'm trying not to eat brownies. Yeah. So no brownies. That's the saddest <laughs> no answer. Brownies. Oh, no God. brownies for Elijah. Note to self, send Elijah a dozen brownies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just finally before we go, um, Mike, what's what's the best way for uh, people in the community to get in touch with you? Uh, well, there's a couple of ways. Um, pretty much everywhere that you guys gather, I am. Um, so if you tag me on the uh, subreddit where I'm Ambassador Kel or the forums where I'm Ambassador Kel, uh, I'll see it. Um, but I'm also on Twitter as at Ambassador Kel, and that's K-A-E-L. Um, okay. So Ambassador Kel, all one word. And I'm trying to be pretty good about responding to all of that stuff, but those are probably the three best ways to get in touch with me. Yeah, if you tag me on the forums, especially when you need me, I will appear. In yeah, night. <laughs> and if you get in touch with Mike, he gets in touch with us. I'm uh-huh. seeing emails yep. all times a day and all sorts of locations, so that way I can uh, respond to, to community questions. So yeah, so if there's anything big coming down the pipe, please let me know. Um, assume I don't know. I probably do know, but assume I don't know, just in case. <laughs> so what's the history of your your handle? Uh, so um, about I don't know, like five or six years ago, um, I uh, all of a sudden was struck with the inspiration that like everybody who shortened the name Mike. Turns the name Michael takes the first part of the name, which is Mike. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they took the second part of the name, which is Kel? Um, And then I never actually had the guts to do it with my own name, but I started using it online for some games and stuff. And then I thought, when I got here, community manager, uh, probably better for me to be an ambassador than like a captain or an admiral or a, um, I don't know. So I went Ambassador Kel. It's a very... Uh, fascinating story, I know. <laughs> no, it is interesting, especially, it, well, any this whole thing now that people always have, they always have a real name yep. and a handle. I mean, because you got Twitter or forums or whatever. And it is really interesting how people end up with the handles that they did. So I actually find that quite interesting. It I actually don't know the deep. story behind Salami Inferno. I'm desperately <laughs> curious. We can, we, can mm. hand, we can handle that off uh, <laughs> <laughs> <on> the podcast. <laughs> Uh, awesome. We could have we should have a whole special interview for that. <laughs> we'll Definitely could. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you so very much for stopping by and chatting with us here uh, for the last episode of 2016. Yeah, boom. Ooh. That's right. That's right. We're celebrating our 300th episode. Wow, is that oh, wow, that's, that's this amazing. episode? Yeah, 300 episodes. Uh, January 7th, we're going to be doing a uh, a live twitch stream of star trek online for like six hours so you're more than welcome to join we'll be doing it through google hangouts have a video going you know playing the game and 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 celebrating our 300th with our our listeners so like i said you're more than welcome to join you guys that's That's, that's a huge milestone this was this was actually my first podcast here years and years ago yeah, Very can cool. you believe it? Yeah. It's been like five Three. years, six years. I can't even. <laughs> That's amazing. It's more, it feels like a hundred. I mean, I love it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, really, Slowly it's always a pleasure. of my existence weighs on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, as always, it's a real pleasure always having you on and, and, and getting to chat with you and find out what's happening in the game and what we can look forward to. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy, Happy New, New Year to you, too. too. Happy New Year. Yeah, and Kapla uh, and live long and prosper and the Romulan one that I always forget. Joe Long True. Joe Long True. Joe Long True. I'm going to get tweets about He'll that get now. There. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Stephen Rocosa and Mike Fatum for joining us. 
Now let's head to the promenade with Jake and Cookie. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jake Cobb. And I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And this is the promenade. Hey, Cookie. What have you got there? These are just my new cats that I got. Nice. I got two cats. I've always wanted to have cats. They're about four months old. They're adorable. They are. And, you know, you actually helped me out a lot because you helped me name one of them. Me? Yes. So the name I always had in mind is Pixel. That's what I named the girl. And then there was the boy. And I went on the Priority One podcast, Google Chat, and I was, like, asking for suggestions. And you said... Data. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, of course. <laughs> I was like, well, it's a little Mr. Man, so we'll just call him Mr. Data. Because it's more like a little official. And he's gray, and he's got like a little tuxedo pattern. Yeah. So he looks really, really fancy. So I was calling the cats by their names for a good two weeks before I got them spayed and neutered. Nice. And so I took them to get spayed and neutered. And the vet said, Mr. Data is a girl so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i didn't know that i just trusted you know what i was told when i was given the cats yeah and um didn't look too closely but yeah so now i'm just calling it's really hard to change the pronoun it's really hard but i'm just calling her data or mistress data i don't think she'll be offended if you call her mr data i know I, i i have been but yes, thank you for helping me name that cat, because the data is still staying either way. You're very welcome. You better get some Her Universe stuff. Oh my gosh, you heard? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a whole new Star Trek women's clothing collection by Her Universe, sold by Think Geek. This is a vintage-style collection, mostly in homage to the original series, but there are a few TNG-inspired pieces as well. It has a 50s vibe, but also a little bit 80s, maybe 90s. I don't know. Some of the stuff is looking kind of crazy, that mesh top shirt to be specific, but that's just me. And not everything screams Star Trek on first glance. For example, one of the patterns are like little tiny ships that make one big colorful blend from afar, which is pretty classy looking. But some of the items just have very little to no indication that they are even related to Star Trek. And then it gets to be like, what's the point? Like the triple jacket. It just looks like a fur coat to me. I would never guess that it has anything to do with Star Trek if it wasn't for the cartoon style images of tribbles on the inside of the hood, which is not easily noticed. So there's a few things like that, but hey, if you want something that's subtle, then definitely check it out. There are some hits and misses. My top pick of the entire collection would be the Wesley Crusher bomber jacket. Shut up, Wesley. Just imagine Wesley's iconic gray jumpsuit with the rainbow stripes, except in the style of a bowling jacket with the name Crusher on it in cursive. That is awesome. It's adorable. And I would totally start bowling more than once every three years if I got my hands on it. (laughs) Or I could just wear it to the drive-in or something. Yes. Oh, wait, I'd do that less often than I bowl. I would find a reason to wear it. I love it. It's so cute. Once again, this seems to be a common theme with Think Geek but the sizing is all whack from item to item, so please be sure to look at that before you order. 
So that Wesley Crusher jacket sounds awesome. It is so cute. Yeah. I love it. So I have a confession. Mm-hmm. I pretend I'm on a starship. A lot. While writing the script, I've imagined my keyboard was a console several times. I've rerouted power to shields and scanned for life forms. You precious little life form. Where are you? <clears throat> Sorry, where was I? Oh right, starships. So I like real life immersion, but it's tough to find decor that is beautiful and immersive, but not gaudy or obscenely expensive. Once again, ThinkGeek comes to the rescue with their ThinkGeek.com exclusive Star Trek schematic illuminated display. The 10.5 width by 8.5 height officially licensed illuminated schematic display is a battery or USB powered display base that accepts two interchangeable acrylic schematics. The first, a TNG LCARS Galaxy Class Enterprise D schematic, is an accurate recreation of the oft-used blueprint display. From the prominent cross-section side profile of the iconic ship to the mapping of vital locations, all of the points are present in beautiful detail. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the real star of the show, the reason for buying this display. The Star Trek The Original Series Constitution Class Enterprise. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Okay, all kidding aside, there was no official Elkar's display of the Connie Enterprise on the original series, the closest iteration being the side profile comparing the Enterprise to the D7 in The Enterprise Incident. But this representation does an amazing job of converting the nostalgic TOS style to the classic TNG Elkar's display. The side profile cross-section and ship mapping are present, but with a distinctly 60s style. As stated earlier, the display base is powered by using three AA batteries or an included USB cable, and is lit by using an LED 7-light cycle with touch base control. Do you know all the different colors that it uses? I see green and blue. Yeah, it looks like green and blue, which is nice. But there's five more. I know. I would think like red, maybe. Oh my god, I can't wait to see. I want to get this. I do. It's really cool. I think this would look amazing. Like, having it on all the time, like as a nightlight or something. Yes, that would be awesome. Oh my god. It should be noted, though, that the LED lights are not replaceable. And it's emphasized on the ThinkGeek website that this is not a toy. Oh, man. And it says not intended for use as a nightlight. That's exactly what I wanted to do. (laughs) What do you do with it? You just turn it on when people come over to look cool. Just look at it. Because you will look cool. Yep. I mean, just just face it, you will. But I want to look cool on my own by myself, too. I don't think it limits you. I think you can do what you want. Yeah, but you can't. Except use it as a nightlight and play with it. (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll find i'll find a way to still get my use out of it the display base two acrylic panels and usb cord can be purchased at thinkgeek.com for 49.99 us dollars no this is really cool so they have different you buy the one that you want right and then no it comes with both you can interchange them sorry i'm just not finding out about this yeah yeah you can interchange (laughs) them it's pretty neat okay that's pretty cool yeah i would do the no, I would do the TNG. No, I would switch them up. So there you have it. Catch rule. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We would love to hear them. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comment section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 298's community question was, 
What do you think about the news that Brian Fuller has fully departed from Star Trek Discovery? And we had a couple of responses from our Patreon supporters, so thank you guys for writing in. First up, Alan Stevenson has written, While it's disappointing news, I'm thinking of Marvel's Ant-Man and the controversy when Edgar Wright dropped out. That was also disappointing, but it doesn't mean that the team who took over didn't make a great movie. We won't really be able to judge until the show is released, and I'm pleased to see things moving forward with more and more casting announcements. From Patreon, David S. writes in and says, While I've enjoyed a number of projects Brian Fuller was involved with, he was not the one that got me excited for Discovery. I started getting excited once Nicholas Meyer was announced. Yes, indeed. Oh, no. Mm, David S. Tony's going to go off on Nicholas base. Meyer again. <laughs> mm, excellent. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Marques wrote in, I'll watch Discovery, and I'll just be amazed, which can either be in a good or a bad way. The fear I share with my fellow Trekkies is, of course, if Discovery fizzles, Star Trek will fade away for the next 20 years until the obligatory future reboot. I've got to have faith of the heart and hope for the best. Good show, P1. Thank you, Marques, for allowing me to express myself musically. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Marques. Really. Yes, thank you. Marques. <laughs> and from Facebook, Chris Sitsigowski, hope I said that right, says, I am disappointed and I wonder what the behind the scenes reason was and should we be worried about it? Should be interesting. I'm a bit disappointed to hear that Brian Fuller won't be involved, but I do continue to have hope. From Twitter, at D. Kineskew, huge letdown, but I hope CBS has some tricks up their sleeves and that Fuller comes back for a later season slash iteration. Me too. Me too, Kineskew. Moving on to our Star Trek Online forum post, Tyler Maxwell replied, Certainly it's disappointing. Hopefully Kurtzman and the rest of the gang stick to the story elements set by Fuller prior to his departure, and resist the urge to jazz it up. In other words, wreck it too much. There's still a good group of people working on Discovery, so no need to raise the doom alarm just yet. But man, this sucks. But Fuller said he could possibly come back for season two if they ask. Fingers crossed. From Twitter, at Salette131 wrote, Disappointing, to say the least. It just makes the hill that much steeper for the showrunners to impress fans. And from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy says, Oh, defo? Really, Kenna? Wonderful show, everyone. Depressed about what Fuller leaving may mean to the show. Well, that wraps up the last episode of 2016 for Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's our community question for this week. Have you tried streaming Star Trek Online using the ARC client? Let us know how you got on. And what was your favorite moment of Priority One Podcast in 2016? We'd love to hear what you enjoyed most from this past year and what you'd love for us to improve in 2017. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast catcher to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our live episodes on Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern at priorityonepodcast.com forward slash live. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online and play the game with us. 
join the Priority One Armada. Just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, Asmaria De Post, Gavin LaWarn, and Nial Fernandez. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, for your support throughout 2016. Because without it, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Chris Obi, Shadaz Latif, Shazad. and what did I say? Shadaz. Shadaz. It should be Shazad. Shazad? Shazad, yeah. Are you sure? Shazad? Yeah, because you, you, That's you, what I said, you said Shazad. No, no you, you said, said Shadaz. Shazad. Shazad, okay. Shazad. You're being listexic. Chris o- <laughs> that was a good one, Tony. That was a good one. I'll be here all week. Tip your waiters. <laughs> After a quick IMDb lookup, it looks like Chris Obi is coming from Fuller's American Gauze. Gauze? What the? American Gauze. It's an emergency Gauze. show. It's a medical technician. <laughs> Ambulance show. (laughs) (laughs) After a quick IMDb lookup, it looks like Chris Obi is coming from Fuller's American Gods. Shazad, you know why? You know why it happened? Because I was thinking (laughs) Shazad. In a few minutes, we've got an interview with executive producer Stephen Rakosa and the new community manager Mike Fatum. But first, let's catch let's catch catch up. up Yeah, she's going into Sean Connery. Everyone, you know it's that (laughs) time of night. Yes, yes, much money, Penny. (laughs) And lastly, before we wrap up, Star Talk. Star Star Talk. Talk. Uh, That's a different (laughs) podcast. How dare you?
And finally, there's a special fleet holding project on. For console as well. What? On? What? There's a special fleet holding That's project. Like two prepositions. And finally, there's a special fleet holding project on Prop for console as well. And finally, and finally, and finally, there's a special. And finally, there's <laughs> Just a special ad-lib, fleet holding. Just ad lib. Stop interrupting me. Just look at look at the script and then ignore it. You'll be fine. <laughs> That's what you usually do, isn't it? All right, everybody, hit stop. Let's take a quick musical break. Okay, and then promenade. Um, this is cookie sink. This is pointless, isn't it? I know that <laughs> don't we don't that. need it. I know we don't need it. Sink, this is promenade, sink, cookie, sink one. This is promenade, Jake, sink two. Okay, promenade in three, two, one, go. Okay, now what? How do we segue out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think this through. And, uh. nope, there's no, I got nothing. <laughs> am, am I slurring my words? No. I've had half of a beer. I just don't know why I'm like being affected this much by this. What kind of beer is this? Flat Earth Brewing. And not everything screams Star Trek on first glance. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this beer is like really affecting me. <laughs> what I haven't are you, what are you drinking at all? We need another segue. <laughs> hmm. She could say, speaking of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you brought up Star Trek. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Like when you're driving a car? Yup. Me too. (laughs) Do you really? I did, especially after I started playing Star Trek online. I was like, this game is making me a better driver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right, starships. (laughs) Sorry, you cannot start it and not finish it. I still wish I knew what all the different colors were. I know. And can you freeze it on a color, or does it I, cycle through the colors? I think. You oh, can it cycles. Freeze it it well, cycles. It says, it says seven color cycle. Oh, I, I, more people crap. need to buy it and tell us what it does. I know. Some review. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a review, please. I fear I share. You know what? I just I realized this episode a thing that you do, Elijah. If you're like, if you're not that familiar with it or whatever, you like totally, you like really perform it so you can slow it down. Yeah, you like really like way overperform it. So that like, I figured it out now. She's on to me. Wait a minute. Hold on. She's on to me. The entire original series Captain Kirk's performance just became totally clear to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's funny. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share this little anecdote. I'm in a I'm in a play right now, right? And um, and I was it was it was like the first rehearsal, even a reading. I think actually it wasn't even a rehearsal. Like it a, was like a the table callback. Reading. And yeah, no, not even man. It was a callback, and I was unfamiliar with what I was reading, what where I was. And the director, knowing that I'm a I'm a Star Trek fan, goes to me. I needed a little bit of Shatnery. <laughs> And I was like, because I was doing exactly what you're saying is that I do, I I pause because I'm trying to gather it, you know, conceptualize Uh what the hell I'm saying. So, (laughs) she's on to Damn it. All right. The fear I share with my fellow Trekkies is, of course, if Discovery fizzles, Star Trek will fade away from it. Okay. 
The fear. Okay, let me take it from the top. Hopefully Kurtzman and the rest of the gang stick to the story elements set by Fuller prior to his departure and You wouldn't do well as a Borg. Resurstern's is fertile. Resurstern's is fertile. Oh my god. Do I have to go back to the Yeah, I'm going to go back to hopefully. Hopefully, Kurtzman and the rest of the gang stick to the story elements set by Fuller prior to his departure and resist the urge to. Resist. Resist, resist, resist. Must resist. No, you have to say departure. You have to, if you're going to practice it, you got to say departure and resist the urge. Uh. Departure and resist the urge. It's because. This is going to be good. This is going to be epic. Just say, just say it right now. Departure and resist the urge. She's got the giggles now. Because you're No, you're right. It's departure and resist the urge. Departure and resist. Departure and resist. Departure urge. Departure urge. There's no reserves. Oh man. I can't wait. Excuse I can't me. wait until she gets back to this bit again. <laughs> Winters, I'm a professional. It's okay. You can do it, Kata. I know. <sighs> There's still a good group of people working on Discovery, so no need to raise the door alarm. <laughs> door alarm. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know, I've heard of door alarms. I've never heard of a Doom alarm before. So I mean, I'm gonna give her that. Completely misread that. I'm gonna give her that. It's like the R is so stuck in our heads now because I read it. At, it goes I, back to the first sentence. Fuller, Parcher, yes. Urge. Yeah, yeah. By, by, by the way, just for the listeners, Dur- the word is doom. Dermaler. 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 Somebody should have the Dermaler. It's burping on a term. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. He just walks oh, away from the microphone. Just, just, just wanders off. Jeez. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry he had to sorry. use his bidet. Thanks for the support. <laughs> yeah. What about Yo, the bidet? Listen, listen, don't talk to me about that. I will go into the bidet. Don't, you don't want me to. No, we really Because it's don't the want best purchase I've ever made in the history of ever. So, about the bidet. Best purchase. Listen, listen. The best purchase ever. Best purchase ever. Best $30 I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can even join in on the fun while we while why we record. Where the nuclear weapon? Victor. 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 You can even join in on the fun while we record our. So close. So close. You can do it. You can even join in on the fun during the live recording of our episodes. Oh my god! I said episodes. <laughs> Episodes. 
And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at Guard... Can you slow this down because the last time you sped through it so fast that it just became... Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. still fast. Do you want me to go slowly? Just breathe, for Christ's sake. We have punctuation there for a reason. Slur it, Dern. Because <laughs> slur it, Dern. This is going to be gold. I know it. <laughs> Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star okay, Citizen, right. Elite Dangerous, no, Descent Underground, no. and many no, more. No, it sounds like somebody's turned you down. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. 